people of the world. It's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. And we're glad you join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. We're excited to continue spreading the message that promotes critical thinking and thoughtful conversations, advocating for social activism, and uplifting people everywhere. We're also inviting you to join us as we continue the work of encouraging and educating everyone with the edifying task of identifying, endorsing, and inspiring new and existing black businesses and individuals for the empowerment and prosperity of our community. Send your comments, questions, and suggestions, and follow us on Facebook, on X, formerly known as Twitter, at The Brothers Talk, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for details about our YouTube channel, our upcoming book, and tour dates. And now on with this week's program. Hello and welcome once again to all Brothers Talk family around the world, wherever you're listening in, as we also say welcome to all of our first-time listeners. It's so good to have you with us in the ongoing battle to promote critical thinking and social justice activism. On to your weekly coronavirus awareness alert, because we care. There's a lot of news, including the fact that more and more people are getting reinfected with it, which may suggest the problem with their immune system or simply not properly protecting themselves and coming into regular contact with the virus. Or that the more times you get infected, you're more likely to develop long COVID. But let's focus on some relatively good news about the vaccinations. The latest COVID-19 vaccine offers good protection against the currently dominant strain of the virus, according to a new report in the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report, a journal published by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. It's the first effectiveness data for the updated vaccine, which was released last fall. They further calculated that the vaccine was 49% effective at protecting against symptoms from the JN.1 variant, which now causes the majority of infections in the United States. Even though the shot was designed to target a different version of virus, the XBB.1.5 variant. According to a recent article in Time, using federal and pharmacy reported data, the CDC scientists compared people's COVID-19 test results to their self-reported vaccination status collected from September 2023 to mid-January 2024, and they found that the new vaccine was about 54% effective at protecting people from symptoms of COVID-19. In other words, the symptoms that prompted people to get tested were less likely to be due to COVID and more likely to be something else among those who were vaccinated a week to four months before getting tested. So once again, unless you or the people that you care about just want to get sick, we've got to do our parts by insisting on everyone getting vaccinated. And remember to wear masks in crowded situations, wash your hands regularly, use plenty of disinfectants, and if you or your children do get sick, stay home until the contagious period passes. And again, according to the CDC, and the National Institutes of Health, that's five days for COVID, four days for the flu, and eight days for RSV from when you notice you have symptoms. No one should end up unnecessarily in the hospital or worse from these preventable diseases. We can and we must do better. Now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noam. Thanks, Rod. The same old tune, family. Thank you for your continued support. The same old tune that we're talking about is the COVID virus, which Rod just talked about in some detail. I'm disappointed that. The federal government isn't that diligent about putting information out there. 
about the virus. You know, you don't see, you'll see a little snippet on TV here, a little snippet there. You know, you may get more on the internet, but as Ross stated, people are still being hospitalized. I There are some states who, that are already requiring that, that if you come to a hospital, you got to wear a mask. In some states, so beginning, I think it's New York, California, maybe New Jersey, and even Maryland, they're thinking about telling people that if you're inside, if you come inside, you got to be masked up. So that in itself should say to you that this thing is about to, I don't want to say explode, but it's picking up steam. We don't have as many people dying as it was at the height of the uh, pandemic, but I expect that number to increase. So protect yourself, wear your mask, get vaccinated if you can. Think about the love, your loved ones and don't just think about yourself. Norm? Thanks, Scott. I just wanted to take a minute to acknowledge the three members from our community who were um, killed over in Jordan with the uh, drone strike. And just to acknowledge the people from our community who were trying to you know, protect us around the world and uh, advancing our cause here at home. I just wanted to take a minute for that. Rod? This week, we want to talk about voter attitudes and apathy, especially in the Black community, because that's where we reside. And specifically, we have to ask ourselves, how did we get to a place where there are growing numbers of African-Americans, Black people, as the Zora Neale Hurston statement goes, all skin folk ain't kin folk. But we recognize that there are ongoing media reports that are gaining some traction because we have actually come into contact with some people who have actually started saying that they would consider or are considering voting for 45. And so the question that we're raising is, how do we get there to where it's seemingly okay for these people to start to speak out about supporting an absolute racist? This is not something where we are looking at his views and policies and saying, well, they could be considered racist. This is based on his long history of racism, his statements and policies that are racist. So we cannot understand how we've gotten to this point other than to think that on the one hand, we've become so lackluster and so apathetic as far as calling people out over things like this. We hear people's opinions. And, and a lot of this polling, I think some of it is propaganda to try to push the narrative further, because I don't believe the numbers are nearly as high as they are when they say, well, you know, it's as much as 10 to 12 percent. I don't believe that. But in essence, they're sensationalizing, but there are far too many who are willing to come out and say that they are considering or going to support this racist. And where is the pushback? And the only thing I can conclude is that because we have allowed ourselves to become so apathetic when it comes to looking at the actual voting process that we allow for those kinds of positions to go unchallenged. And we certainly have to do better. You know, this has bothered me from inception of, of Trump deciding that he's going to run for president. When I had friends who were talking about, you know, supporting this guy, and this is after, you know, he's called almost every black woman that that disagreed with him or challenged him on anything, you know, like Maxine Waters said she had a low IQ, you know, they pretty much said that, you know, they're just nasty. Every black woman, they was either nasty or had a low IQ or, you know, some of that kind of nonsense. It was funny to non-black, but then you have, you have these blacks who are still supporting this guy and making up every excuse they possibly can. 
The thing that, that I'm still waiting on someone to tell me is when he says, I'm going to make America great again, I still don't know what that means. I asked a black friend of mine who is a Trump supporter, what does that mean? Why was he supporting Trump? And he said, because he's going to make America great again. And I said, now, I think I know what that means for him. And for him, it's like we want to take it back to the 60s and the 50s when when black men had to bear down, couldn't even look white men in the eye. They called him you boy and all that kind of nonsense. I think that's what it means for him. But what does it mean to you when he said make America great again? He couldn't give me an answer. He kept saying stuff like, you know, hey, I just like the way he carries himself. You know, he say what he wants to say. And I said, well, you know, he lies all the time. You know, he's just constantly lying. And that's okay with you. And I'm saying all that to say you got a lot of brothers out here, I think, just just lazy. They're not doing their own research. They're listening to somebody on social media or on TV who are saying all this, oh, about his policies. I like his policy, but no one can ever tell you what policies that he put out there where everybody benefited from it. The people who support the only people I know benefit from his policies are the ultra rich, the 1%. And a lot of the 1%, they're not supporting this guy. So these people, I think we're making the mistake of thinking that most black people, we're kind of evolving, you know, at the same pace. Some of these people just have not evolved and probably won't evolve when this, when they can look at and listen to what this guy did with, with inciting January 6th. When you look at that, you saw what he did and some of the vicious, nasty stuff, the way that he talk about people. He said he's going to be a dictator on day one. That means, okay, on day one, I'm going to point myself. I'm a dictator and I'm a dictator. So all these different things, you know, retribution, going after his people, telling them policemen, when you put guys and put them in, when you lock them up, you put them in the back of the seat of the police car, don't be gentle with them. You know, that kind of stuff. And, and, and for people like us who suffered that kind of brutality and still suffer that kind of brutality. And you have a guy who's condoning it, encouraging it, but yet you're still going to vote for him. You need to look in the mirror. Something, something's going on here with you to make you think that that's acceptable and that's OK. Even beyond that, what's really frightening is the moral bankruptcy these voters seem to have. This man has been literally it, it convicted of rape. He's been convicted of fraud as his own nonprofit. He's literally filed for bankruptcy. Who knows how many times and how many vendors he's actually just stiffed and has not paid. And, and we won't even talk about his, his legal problems right now, the 92 felony charges that he's looking at. And yet none of that has deterred a voter from not voting for this man. And he literally can still win the presidency. That's what's really frightening. Now, there's no law in this country against stupidity and ignorance, which we really are producing. It's, this, it might just be this country's greatest product at this point, looking at the electorate that we have in this country. But what's extremely frightening is that they're going to vote for this man and possibly put him in office. And uh, that I can't figure out. So sticking with the thing of what is it though within our communities that has allowed us to not put people in their place, so to speak. I guess that's the way I come down on it, that in essence, when people start to have the courage to say to us that they are considering voting for this racist, this misogynist, this fraud, this con man, as we have said on many occasions, we never get anything actual or that has any substance to it when you ask that question. Like, you did, Scott, that all they will say is things like, well, I like how he carries himself. I like his swag. And what is missing, I think, from that conversation as well, is that there are more and more of these 
actual billionaires who are now coming out and feeling emboldened because you know that's how they really see the world anyway, that because they have so much money that they believe that the world should cater to them. You know, the most obvious and glaring is Elon Musk. But just this week, the hedge fund billionaire who was given like $300 million to Harvard came out and said that if Harvard keeps turning out these snowflakes, then he's considering not giving them any more money. And that's on top of what we had with Jamie Dimon in a couple of weeks ago when we talked about him, as well as the other billionaire who was at the root of forcing Dr. Gay to resign at Harvard from the presidency. And so there are these kind of things that are happening around us. So when we hear our quote unquote black brothers and sisters who are willing to effectively ignore that if they ever really thought about it in the first place, then two things need to happen. First of all, we need to make sure they know that so that they can let us know, are you just self-hating and willing to go down that road? Because if they don't know, then we need to educate them. And secondly, we need to call them out on just exactly what that means so that they will recognize that we are firmly putting them in the handkerchief head camp and that when you get in the handkerchief head camp, it's awfully difficult to get your black card back. You know, no question, Rod. You shouldn't be able to get your black card back. But I want to say something about when I talk about a friend of mine who is a Trump supporter asked that question. I want to clarify something. That particular friend of mine is a business owner. So, you know, from that perspective, I kind of understood when he talked about policy, you know, because I don't know whether he got a tax break. I don't know whether that helped him or not. I'm pretty sure it did when he when he gave everybody that tax break. So I just wanted to, because I have other friends who also support Trump. They don't support him now, but they did initially because they wanted to do something different. They felt like uh, a lot of black people supported him the first time. It's like, hey, or the second time, we're not making any black people. We're not getting anything out of this. And that's been our argument also. So a lot of them, you know, we're just blindly voting for the Democrats. So some of the, some people went over to Trump because they thought, Okay, you know, he's talking about helping people. This is something different. We can't do worse. And they're wrong. This guy doesn't have a clue. He doesn't care about anybody but himself or people who are in his circle. And I just, you know, for the life of me, I just can't see how any sensible, thoughtful, educated person can't see that. You know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see the stuff that this guy has said. You know, it's like you when you when you praise Putin and and when you praise the dictators of almost every country out there that's a dictator, that has a dictator, he praises those guys. He admires those guys. He say they smart. He says all these positive things about those guys. But then people who are supposed to be our allies, you know, he called them weak. He called them names. He just tried to cut them off at the knees. Just constantly trying to insult them. And these are supposed to be the people that you're that are your allies. So I just don't understand is that the people are not researching for themselves. They getting all their news from the same where it's the barbershop or wherever and at the barbershop, somebody's cousin, best friend, sister, mama, brother said it. So they're they're just repeating stuff. They're not thinking for themselves. They can't be to to come to the conclusion that this man, all of the things that he said that would be detrimental to the country, not just to the country, but in particular black folks. It would be extremely detrimental to black folks if this guy get back in the office. Why would you want that? What's really disappointing is as a community, we have people who really are voting against the interests, our people, of their own community. 
openly. And even if you get a tax break, I mean, how much money is worth seeing your community sink and destroyed by an enemy that you're willing to put in the office? How much money is that worth? That's my question. But that's a capitalist, as Malcolm would say. And unfortunately, that's where we are. We're in a capitalist society. And a few of us, if they think they can do a little bit better, would sacrifice all of us. So lastly, there is also a problem with people's chronology when you hear some of the Black people who are saying, in essence, that under 45, they had money, but under Biden, they're broke. And that means that they are just not paying attention to the calendar turning, that while the Democrats who were controlling the Congress under 45 were the ones who put in place the stimulus money that went into effect at the very tail end of 45's administration, which he initially opposed. And then when it was certain to pass anyway, that he held it up further by insisting that his name be put on the checks as if to give him credit for something that he certainly opposed. That was only for like a month before Biden took office and the majority of the stimulus money that these same people got was under Biden. But that's the kind of lack of critical thinking and actually just looking at the facts that happen. So we have to make sure that we keep the issue current and make sure that we're dealing with facts and not just opinion. In our Black Business Spotlight, we want to remember Brother Joe Madison, a peerless champion of Black business, enterprise, and entrepreneurship, who recently transitioned from this mortal coil. The Black Eagle, as he was known, had an unmatched reputation for refusing to suffer fools or foolishness and an equal fervor for critical thinking and social justice that was exemplified daily on his XM Sirius morning radio show. Rest well, Brother Joe, you've earned your rest. And remember, our ongoing Black Business Spotlight theme is somewhat inspired by Brother Madison's work. Let's relaunch Black Wall Street nationwide. That's a wrap for this week's show. And remember to follow us and share your thoughts with us by sending your comments as well as your questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on X, this is formerly Twitter, at The Brothers Talk. And catch us on Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. As always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future until our next episode. Know that we sincerely appreciate your time, your interest, and you can rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. Finally, let's all do better today because that's all we really have.